Do you want to set yours recording as well? Oh yeah, go on then. I'll set mine recording as well. And then we can do. I have ideas on how to press buttons. If you just put yours in front of you. Yeah. Mine then in front I can of me. clearly not drink the wine that is in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but you would know that, so I clearly cannot choose the wine in front of you. <laughs> you keep using that word. I, do I never think, think it means, means what you think, think it means. <laughs> Well, um... <laughs> well, what, were we... okay. what were we saying before we were rudely interrupted by Inigo Montoya? Okay, um, listeners, you may have noticed that I've just failed abysmally to remember lines from Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. We are which, so going to have to go and watch that again now. Which, well, I was just going to say, which I'm afraid means I'm going to have to ask you to wait for a, a little while, just a little while. We're going to have to put the Frithcast on hold while I go and watch The Princess Bride again. The whole of it. The whole of it. From start to finish. Yes. We'll be back shortly. Yeah. If you've not seen The Princess Bride... They have. They have? They must have. Oh, that's good to know. Um, if there might happen to be the odd occasional person who needs their memory refreshing as to the content of said genius diamond of a film. Well, let's just put it this way. It's a sparkly gem. It is an utter sparkly gem. I'm a, a fairly amateur connoisseur of sword fights in films. I love me a good sword fight in a film. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord of the Ring ones, pretty spectacular. Right up there. All of that kind of Last Kingdom stuff, really, really good. Princess Bride, the sword fight in The Princess Bride, best one I've ever seen. It was utterly, there are no words, the epic fail of words, I just, (laughs) I'm in awe (laughs) of that sword fight. Breathtaking. It is what do you quite, think? What are quite you, genius. What are your thoughts? And I promise we'll actually get on with the Frithcast in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, what are your thoughts on the Star Wars sword fights? And I quite like also, the whole kind of the Yoda, the, the Yoda. What bouncing around in episode oh, three? So good. See, that, what, that, so so very good. That did not move me at oh, all. Oh God, it moved me right across. The, I was bouncing around the center. <laughs> Fabulous! I've got to say, I mean, the, you got the original one in episode four, or Star Wars, as it was originally. Well, yeah. Oh, that's a debate, isn't it? I know. Anyway, steady. But Come between, back. just yeah, just keep it on the line. Between Obi Wan and Vader. For, mm, classic. And, and they're sort of standing there and just occasionally swiping at each other. Yes. But that was the point because they were absolutely lethal. They were play, masters. They were play acting. Yeah. That was the thing. They were they were they were playing it out in front of Luke. Because reasons and both of them knew how it was going to go. Yeah. But then you get the episode one... Also, it was two old du- older dudes Yeah. playing it. And Still good. It was good. Still it good. was good. Um, but you've got, like, the doubled-ended lightsaber fight, episode See, that one. That was the one I was going to mention. Quite like that. That whole kind of barriers coming in and him stood there seething up <gasps> and down. Loved it. One of the best ones I've seen... <clears throat> um, and you, people will debate me on this, and I'm going to stand by it because I thought it was awesome. But you know, if you have uh, a different opinion, by all means, feel free to let me know in the comments. Um, one of the best ones I've seen, lightsaber fights I've seen, wasn't actually a Star Wars one at all. It was that one, and I, uh, Art of the Saber. 
Was that with the Civil War letter over the top yes. of it? Yes. Good God, that's gorgeous. It was beautiful. And it was... Uh, I was not crying, you were crying. It's a YouTube video, uh, <clears throat> like a fan-made thing. Mm, we'll put uh, a link into the description because you kind of need to take a few minutes just to see this. Yeah, the music, the, the, the narration... And the of way course it's the, shot as well. The way it's shot, and of course the, the choreography. Mm. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, but Princess Bride. Mm. Every time. Sorry, yes, Princess Bride was... Red the... Pirate Roberts in Diego Montoya on top of the cliffs. I know something you don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am not left-handed. Mm. Oh, don't, don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do, do it. it. Don't if do they've it. not seen it, don't, don't do it. it. Don't do it. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Love me a good sword fight. Should we do a frithcast? Let's do a frithcast. Okay. Okay. Episode 18. 18. Wait for it. You go. Actually in key and mostly in all the right places. Coffee powered druid. Coffee powered druid. I still need to get you that t-shirt. Mm. But yes, welcome to Frithcast number 18. Hello. 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 Um, you join us, Suzanne and Kate, way back in episode 9. We had a bit of a story time. We did. We did. Give Why 9, Suzanne? Why 9? Because reasons. Okay. 9 is a fairly, I don't know, it's a significant number in Norse mythology. Okay. You have nine worlds. You have lots of things which are multiples of three, making nine, generally three multiples of three, or the number three and the number nine crop up a lot. So we thought, kind of echoing that, we would do a bit of a story time, give or take every nine episodes. Which means you just have to listen to us kind of droning through a story twice a year. <laughs> sell it, sell, sell it. it. Go I on. am. I'm with the upselling <laughs> thing. There was, yeah, there's something in there about it. We've got a whole lot of the mid cycle to choose from. So we figured today we'd look at one of the stories from right at the very beginning. In fact, the first story, which is the creation of the worlds like how the whole thing comes into being so we'd like to introduce to you now how the worlds began okay in the beginning there was fire and in the beginning there was ice so we kind of hope you enjoy and i know do you i know what do you know niflheim and muspelheim very good thank you yes thank you these are the slightly bigger versions of a matchstick and an ice cube. <laughs> Just ever so slightly bigger. 
than a matchstick and an ice cube. Um, these are massive realms of ice, glaciers, cold winds, coming together with the realm of fire. I know a song about that. Yeah? Go on then. Salt of ice and fire. I'm sorry. Salt of ice and fire. Oh. I'm sorry. No, you're not. Oh. At least it didn't. At least it wasn't ring of fire. Oh no. 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 And it burns, burns, burns. I, so I'm told. I, uh, Lou, roll in the freezer every time. <laughs> no. Just... I wasn't going there. I was. I know. <laughs> so we hope you enjoy this story, and we'll talk to you again in a bit. Temporarily, bye bye. Temporarily, bye bye. In the first poem of the Elder Edda, the seeress tells us of the beginning of time, when nothing was. Sand was not, nor sea, nor cool waves. Earth did not exist, nor heaven on high. The mighty gap was, but no growth. The gap was first and came before all, the great emptiness. For nothing. In the beginning there was fire and in the beginning there was ice. Into the gap poured smoke and sparks from the south and ice and howling winds from the north. As the heat and cold met, Ymir, the father of giants, appeared in the ice. Ymir fed on the milk of the cow out Humla she licked blocks of salty ice, releasing Buri, the first man. Buri's son Bors had three sons, Odin, Vili, and Ve. These three slew Ymir and made worlds from his corpse. From his flesh they made the earth. From his blood they made the seas and the rivers and all flowing waters. From his hair they made the trees, from his bones they made the mountains, from his teeth and jaws they made rocks and pebbles. They took his brains, threw them up high and made the clouds. They used his eyebrows to create walls around Midgard, so the Jotuns would never be able to get in. Maggots appeared in Ymir's flesh and were given human understanding by the sons of Bors. They lived in the underground places, great miners and metalsmiths, craftsmen of high regard. You may know them as dwarves. The sons of Bors took sparks and embers and threw them high and gave them appointed places and tracks in the gap to become stars. They walked along the shore one day and they found driftwood and created the shape of two humans, the first, Ask and Embla. They gave these humans understanding. They gave them names. They breathed life into them and it is from them that all the human races of Midgard come. The sons of Bor and Bestla built Asgard a mighty stronghold for themselves. Odin sat in his hall on a high seat, 
seeing and understanding all he saw in every world. Odin married Frigg, but he also had a son with Jord, and this son was Thor, might and strength. The gods built the Bifrost, the shimmering bridge from Midgard to Asgard. So welcome back. We hope you enjoyed the retelling of the beginning of the cosmology. I did. Did you? I thought it was brilliant. That's good. That was very nice. That's all right. So. I know I'm biased, but. And well, there might be a bit of that. There might be a bit of that. So finding we've got a little bit more time in this episode, one of the other things we wanted to touch on was the concept of fate, fates. Some people might know it as destiny. You might know it as weird, especially if you're from Scotland. W-Y-R-D. As in Weird Sisters. As in Weird Sisters. The three witches in Macbeth, and they stood on top of a a windswept moorland (laughs) with a cauldron, and the three of them are crouched round it, and in Macbeth they go, (laughs) double, double, toil and trouble. But in Pratchett, they go, when shall we three meet again? Well, I can do next Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. <clears throat> oh, Cordo. Cordo. The Thane of Cordo. The Thane of Cordo. Let's not, let's pull it back. All right. Pull it back. Okay. So we're looking at three beings, the three norns, who are, they sit at the bottom of the world tree and they have individual names. And as far as I understand, you have either one who spins, one who weaves and one who cuts, mm-hmm. or you have them translating to past, now and future. Okay. So they are, t- uh, they're connected again, They've, you've got that re- repetition of three. Mm. Is it worth <laughs> throwing in at this point that this is reflected in several mythologies? Um, yes, the Parkai. The Parkai in Roman mythology are uh, three women who do exactly the same thing. One, they have the same in Greek, don't they? Uh, yes, they do. They and are one called eyeball. the Fatai, I believe. Mm, the Fates. Yeah. Are they the ones that have one eyeball between the three of them? Those were the, those were the Stygian witches. That's right. Um, <clears throat> I always get them confused. But having said that, same postcode. I, they are, might be the same postcode. I don't know whether <coughs> I don't know whether they're supposed to be uh, like earthly manifestations of the fates. Mm. Perhaps they, perhaps there is a there is a link there. I don't know. We'd have to. Start. I'm not. I'm not terribly up on my Greek. That's all right. I mean, you have a similar echo in in other cultures you have three women or three beings that will look at controlling destinies or fates Mm. so between the three of them they decide what lives interact with others when one life is stopped which direction it takes when it's woven where it starts and stops in the middle uh, and all the bits in the middle as well what pattern it creates amongst other lives okay and this it's almost understanding your life as a thread and as you go through your day or as you go through the larger events in your life you interact with other threads you weave a pattern with them if you like okay 
and this is your your weird for me it's a different concept to karma to to do karma understands that you can store up good karma okay and therefore rebirth on a higher perception of the wheel on the next time round that's the it's the hindu <coughs> version that's the, the the hindu and buddhist i think have a just have a understanding concept. of yeah of, the, of, of perception of in in the case of uh, Buddhism, it's a it's a, a progressive advance through mm. sort of Layers higher of states until you reach release from nirvana. Uh, yeah, release yeah. from sort of uh, the reincarnation cycle. Yes. Yeah. So, for me, this is a different concept than the concept of karma and nirvana. Mm. This is. For me, I understand my own life to be a thread, and it's woven with others. Okay. So the threads of my friends and family will cross my threads more often than those of strangers, if you like. So they will, that set of threads will almost group together. So my friends and family, out of all the people in the country that I could meet in a day, I'm more likely to see members of my friends and family, and my work colleagues, technically. But more likely to see my friends and family than strangers in a day. So in Norse, even <coughs> philosophy, fate is a Feynman diagram. This is the, uh, in physics, it's a, a, graph, a graph that renders the uh, movement of a particle or a, mm. or, a, or a ship or a mass or anything through space-time by drawing a line with, it's got um, space across the bottom time on left the other and, right, and it's got time <coughs> up and down it, it, yeah it kind of shows the if you cross that <coughs> with a weaving loom you've pretty much got it okay because the the concept of a path being woven a fate being woven mm. is hugely strong so there is a reason that the the norns these three who sit under the world tree will spin weave and cut okay so it's all to do with weaving your thread weaving mm. your life and the way that that is portrayed the the concepts of spinning and weaving and the concept of destiny are hugely intertwined we'll drop some links into the description like we usually do yeah go and have an explore um it kind of brings to mind the there is a very fatalistic understanding of life especially in that 10th century world when it's very, very harsh. Mm. You come to accepting that certain things are going to be very, very grim. Yeah. So you, you know, you can square with that. There's not, there, there, are, certain, there are some things that you, you can't get out of. Yes. The, the, the harsh winter or the, yes. the, 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 the that sort of thing. You, you just have to kind of grit your teeth and... Yeah, there are a couple of quotes that come to mind, and one is from the 13th Warrior, because Antonio Banderas. Okay. And that is, fear profits man nothing. Mm -hmm. So to be afraid is just wasting your energy that you could be using to do other things. As we record this, there was a, a conversation on the TAC group touching on mm. the question of fear. Yes. Um, and uh, was it okay for humans to be afraid of things? Uh, I think, I mean, my my feeling on that, and, and, and I'm sure, I think a lot of, uh, well, a fair few people seem to have a similar viewpoint, which is that, you know, you can't be brave about something if you're not afraid of it first. Yes. Um, you can't have courage if you don't have fear. No. 
So it's so yeah. I mean, fear fear alone profits us nothing. Yes. Um, I, I mean, there's a similar there's a similar uh, saying in the Roman tradition, and I can't remember who it was. It, I want to say we'll find it and put a link in. We'll find we? it and put yeah. a link in. Uh, one of the the, the, the phrases was. Um, Better it is to have a stout heart always and face your share of troubles than to be ever fearing what may happen. Mm-hmm. Which See, is I can go for that. It's a similar yeah, sort of idea. Just kind of roll your sleeves up, get on with it as best you can, yeah. do the thing. The other quote that I came across that put me in mind, especially of this episode, was mm. one which I will paraphrase because I can't remember the exact wording, but it essentially says a man will often meet his fate when he's trying to run away from it. Okay. Yeah. So the concept of fate being set, future events being set, for me personally, and it may be different for yourselves, lovely listeners, wanting UPG stuff because you may view it completely differently and it's mm-hmm. all good. Mm-hmm. For me personally, certain key events are set, but the things that I can do in between those key events are mine. So you're you're going to be going through certain certain destinations on your journey, but the route you take to them, yes, can change. Yes, it's the deep and meaningful concept of everything is connected. It, well, indeed, and it's all good. <coughs> it what what the the thing that's in my head while I'm listening to you explaining it, and 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 I may be sort of rushing ahead and uh, and, and what have you, but is is visualizing this? Yes, uh, as um. Or trying to imagine the, the the structure as it would appear if I was able to sort of look at it and, and see a pattern of it. Um, and I can't help but think of it as one of these diagrams. But it's obviously multiple dimensions because you've got you're yeah. going to have a thread in this this sort of twisted, almost like a rope. Yes. And they but then each thread in that also twists into other is groups. also through other other groups and stuff. Yes. And the whole pattern mm. is something. Now, the old father can see parts of this pattern okay. that is coming. Frigga, High Lady of Asgard, can certainly see mm. parts of this pattern that are coming, if not all of this pattern that is coming. The rest of us, not so much. No. <laughs> no well, no. no. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's kind of a big topic. Mm. We'll throw links into the description, go and have a zoom around. Do it. Do it. Do I it, want do, I, it do, I, do it. Do it. Because to me, it's a fascinating idea. Um, I've always been interested in, in 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 fate, fate in the sense of. I'm quite interested in what predestiny and self. Oh, what's the word? Self. Determination. Like governance. Yeah, self determination. Yeah. And I'm predestination. I've always had a fascination with the nature of time. Uh, and just to, to I mean, I'm he's wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> stuff. Yes, that's right. <laughs> People think it's just a line from one thing to another. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it does all manner of strange things. But there is a school of thought that says that time, it's, I think it's called the block time theory. Mm-hmm. And it says that time is actually a static structure. That it isn't moving. We have the sense of it moving from, from past, to pro, past to future. Yes. Or is it from future to past? Whichever way you want to look at it. It's whether we're moving through it or whether time's moving past us. But oh, either way, it's... Just Wait a minute. No, can't get that. Carry on. Okay. Um, but the block time theory says that it's all already there. It's like this sort of crystalline lattice structure or whatever, and that, and that all that's happening is that 
the version of us which exists at different moments perceives the the the, the you know we can look at what the it can look at the past if you like yes. all the moments that are in that direction yes and it can see them all and it can it perceives the the sort of memories if you like that have come from those versions but it can't see if it looks the other way down the line it can't it can it can sort of guess what where it, where it might be going but but it's not that that version of us is moving there's a version of it next door in the moment next door and the moment next to that and the moment next to that and it's and it's the it's just the, the the sort of combination of all the different perspectives along the line that make us feel as though time's actually moving but in actual fact everything is still and it, and it just the way you've described weird makes me wonder if the threads are already there yes and you're just and all we're doing is we're just taking a, a, a moment or a, a, a little point on each on that thread and going, that's where we are at the moment. And it's like it's, it's almost completely arbitrary. We're actually all the way along that thread from beginning to end, all at the same time, but it's just... So it's kind of like if I take that and I mix it with worm theory of the theory of identity in philosophy. Yeah, yeah. But that... Oh, no, I'm going to have to go... This is some trippy stuff right here. I'm going to have to go away and think about this a little bit more. And it's too late. My brain's overloaded. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But again, we'll put all the links in the description. Go and... Yeah, I, my brain's just short-circuited, so I'm going to just go away and have to rethink some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Tomatoes are not a fruit. But bananas are a berry. They are not. They are. They're the wrong shape. It's true. They are not. It's true, and I oh know it's true. God. I know it's true because they told me it on QI. Oh, no. I get most Wait, of that, that was it. That was my one remaining brain cell short-circuiting. That was I'm it. Sorry. I'm gone now. I don't actually know anything that I can learn <laughs> from QI or crack.com. That is, that's basically the, the, the sole source of everything I know. Okay, well, on that note... We shall say goodbye for this episode because I just need to go away and rethink some stuff. My whole, yeah, theory of space-time and identity and, yeah, I just need to go and sort some things out in my brain because... Said it was wibbly-wobbly. Kind of <laughs> rearranged it a little bit. Thank you so much for rearranging the stuff that was in my brain. It's a pleasure. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you, lovely, um, lovely listeners. Before we go, I'm just going to ask Suzanne... Uh, should uh, the listener the, the listeners wish to find out more about you or contact you, how would yes. they go about doing that? How would we go about doing that? Well, I am a Suzanne Martin on Facebook. Come and say hi. Throw me a friend request. Um, do the thing, really. Cool. Uh, drop me an email. It's all good. Cool. And should you want to contact me for any reason, I'm uh, I can be found um, probably best on my um, sort of website. Uh, what passes for a web for a website at glassrain.net. Um, and all my social media accounts and things on it from there. Yeah, so we will... Yeah, I'm going to go away and rethink some stuff. <laughs> and we will talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Night. Bye.